and I'm your host of Blockchain Wars. Today I'm very saddened to talk about the death of John McAfee. Now if you don't know who John McAfee is, John McAfee is a very famous security, let's say an antivirus program was created in his name and McAfee antivirus on your computer if you're a 20 to 30 year old computer user you've seen McAfee antivirus on every machine you've ever used um, but McAfee is well known for many other things including advocating for Bitcoin hacking into phones on behalf of the government to help fight terrorists he is known as one of the biggest Bitcoin miners at one time in North America. And he actually ran for the Libertarian Party as the chosen candidate for the Libertarian Party. But many people know him because of Twitter and using Twitter to promote different cryptocurrencies. Every week he used to different coins that he would basically push to the market and tell that you know these are coins he supported and they were going to go up or down in value and it was that activity of promoting cryptocurrency tokens other than bitcoin that got him the final attention of department of justice and McAfee was a smart man um, he been through some crazy shit in his life. Uh, he's avoided totalitarian governments and escaped. And um, there's a lot of assumptions people have about him. Um, he was a he was a character, you know. He had a lot of um, I would say violent tendencies like most of us should and uh, talked about him. He was a gun lover and a scotch lover and a weed lover and he was a rough dude and um, unfortunately last night um, he was found dead in his prison cell and this was done because he was going to be extradited to the United States on money laundering and wire fraud charges. Now, I met McAfee one time for about 20 minutes at his campaign party in Las Vegas when he was running for president. And I gave him financial support and public support. He was a little bit crazy as a character uh, who anyone would imagine would actually become president. But as a advocate for Bitcoin, I thought that was Amazing to have someone running for president, even if Democratic or Republican Party. Anyone running for president that loved Bitcoin, I thought was a better choice than two other senile people. And one of the 
things that I think McAfee really brought to people's attention was his bluntness to talk about war, governments, authoritarianism, and I think that might have been one of the reasons uh, he died last night. And, um, you know, there's news about him being um, found of an apparent suicide, but it's blatantly, I don't know how to say it, but bullshit because the man made countless claims to never want to commit suicide and if he was found to have committed suicide, someone killed him. There were many times where someone tried to kill him. He was put in the hospital and almost died. He escaped the government and almost died. And it would be ignorant to think that in the possession of a government that he was killed so easily, either by himself or someone else, that it's not apparently troublesome that a man survived so many attempts at people trying to kill him, but when you're in a box, there's not much you can survive. So, one of the things I want to talk about because of this is Bitcoin and its warfare aspects. Because one of the things that I'm very aware of in my career in working on Bitcoin is its aspects in relation to war, in relation to militaries and national governments. And one of the things that we've seen happen this week was, actually last week, was the country of El Salvador passing a law to make Bitcoin legal tender. And um, as an amateur conspiracy theorist and historian, anthropologist, scientist, studier of Bitcoin and its history and military history, legal history, I think that it's very important to understand the context of John McAfee and countries using Bitcoin in South America, his advocacy for Bitcoin, the fact that um, I believe, I don't want to get it wrong, um, he was the executive chairman of MGT Capital, which to my knowledge was one of the largest Bitcoin mines in North America. And I believe they were in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and uh, John actually came out and told the government that he would help them hack into the iPhone when Apple refused to unlock the iPhone that the San Bernardino um, man and woman, I believe, that uh, shot up people on the freeway had their phone confiscated after they died and Apple refused to open the phone because of encryption and policy and John McAfee offered to do it himself because it's not very hard to do as a person and it's probably better that someone as a person does that than a company turning face on its encryption policies so John showed himself to be a patriot, if you believe in that word, and as a supporter of your country, and as a guy that 
actually ran for president, um, I think it's kind of insane that the Department of Justice, which has a history of going after presidents and presidential candidates now, that the Department of Justice was willing to put this 74-year-old man in prison for the rest of his life for tweeting. And some people will say, well, he was pumping and dumping coins and I say, who gives a fuck because you know how many people on the internet do that all day long. And because the man has a blue check mark and he's known to be a target is to be known should not be a reason to be a target. Um, I think that this creeps into the bigger view that especially Bitcoin, supporters of Bitcoin, verbal supporters of Bitcoin, and very public supporters of Bitcoin are always going to be a target of not just random governments around the world of the 300 plus, but of the United States. And running for president, being president, does not exempt oneself from prosecutors, from judges and lawyers seeping in like wolves to put you in jail and take your life away. Um, I think it's very important to understand what type of frivolous charges were laid against John and we can ponder if the man killed himself because of fear of going to jail over these charges. I, I wouldn't imagine someone would do that with his state of mind and state of confidence and state of history, history of fighting. Also, I've been to prison for money laundering and wire fraud charges, unlicensed money transmission charges, and spent two years in prison, three months in solitary confinement. And I didn't want to kill myself before, during, or after. And I'm nowhere near as a experienced and traumatized human as John was. So I don't fathom that from my own personal experience that um, he gave up. What really worries me is that he was killed and not just blatantly killed in the public in broad daylight by a government, but killed on the battlefield the cyber war battlefield, the, the Bitcoin battlefield, the battlefield for money, the currency war, the blockchain war, the space war, which it's gonna take place in front of your eyes in cyberspace and far from your eyes in outer space around satellites and network devices. I think we need to realize that we're in a battle with our freedom and our privacy, but we're also in a battle that is no different than World War II on the concept or the scale that people will die, cities will be destroyed, and the world will change because of this war. But all we know in history is nuclear bombs, planes, cities getting destroyed, holocausts, and totalitarians, controlling their people during wartime, killing their people during wartime, guns, bullets, explosions. And unfortunately, that's not how this war is fought in cyberspace. It is fought by 
coercive, secretive ways that breed conspiracy and fear and the ignorance of man does not understand how this current world war is being fought. The common man doesn't see bombs and doesn't see gas chambers and doesn't see tanks. But the reality is that phones and computers and Bitcoin and electronic technologies, encryption technologies, privacy technologies, these are the weapons of the cyber war. And it's been one of the things I felt very passionate about is advocating for the cyber warriors. Uh, I feel like I'm a veteran of cyber war and I feel that a lot of our fallen comrades are forgotten in death, in prison, and even in the, the work that they've contributed to the masses. Um, this morning when I woke up and I heard that John McAfee was apparently killed in a suicide in a prison cell, the first thing I thought of was Aaron Schwartz, who helped create Anonymous and Reddit, who slept in a library in the university and released books and information to the internet and was threatened by the Department of Justice with his entire life in prison. And he was later found dead of suicide. And um, I remember his father saying that the government killed his son. Now, if someone snuck in a room like a spy and killed him, may not be the way this kid died, but he was threatened with his life in prison and maybe killed himself. But that's probably not what happened to John. And it makes you think on what has happened over the years with Julian Assange of WikiLeaks, who was one of the first Bitcoin advocates, who Satoshi Nakamoto publicly asked to not support Bitcoin because Bitcoin was not read ready to um, fend off a national attack from a national government like the United States. Um, it could have been 51% attacked at that time. The hash rate was not strong enough to defend it from a government, um, let alone something like Intel running a mining farm. So um, I took this personally. I advocated and pitched to Intel to use Bitcoin um, in a way to subvert a company like that that made chips from attacking Bitcoin. And I did that somewhat quietly while public Bitcoin core developers were exposing things in application-specific integrated circuits like ASIC Boost, um, tools that were using fuel efficiency, power efficiency advantage on chips that Bitmine was using and not selling to the public, uh, basically allowing someone to say that they were, you know, you could say they were cheating and having a more advantageous miner than everyone else. But um, those type of things are what led to segregated witness, um, transaction malleability being removed, and the Lightning Network being created because we needed to not only improve Bitcoin scalability, but prevent ASIC boost from allowing a centralized miner to take over the Bitcoin network. Um, while that was happening, I was in private meetings with Intel pitching Internet of Things, um, Bitcoin smart contracts, Bitcoin mining to the Intel big data and Intel 
um, Internet of Things chip division trying to build a United States friendly computer partner to actually build Bitcoin mining chips in the United States to fend off Chinese mining manufacturers and equal the playing field. And I did this not out of um, encouragement to make money or, or push my company at the time, Bitcoin Kinetics, into an advantageous position, but I did it because it was a act of national protection, national security. Um, if, if you're not aware, um, President Trump actually stopped Broadcom from buying Qualcomm over national security concerns because the Qualcomm chips are in many military computers, military vehicles, weapon systems, and we don't want a foreign power controlling the chips in our weapons. We don't want a foreign power controlling the Bitcoin network. And um, that is made very important, especially to me in my work, um, because I was teaching the United States Army, Cyber Command, Training and Doctrine Command, Strategic Command, and the Department of Defense through agencies such as Bit Unit and NQTEL. How to use Bitcoin on the battlefield, how to use Bitcoin in weapon systems, how to use Bitcoin as an advantageous network of defense. If you're not aware of how the internet came about, the ARPANET was created by ARPA, which later became DARPA. And I, I actually am glad that I got to meet Vince Cerf, who created TCPIP. TCPIP was a military protocol. The internet is a military technology. And when Tim Berners-Lee, working at the CERN Particle Accelerator, created the World Wide Web, it became a commercial product on top of a military network. And as of today, the military uses something called CIPRNET. And there's other layers that the military, CIA, NSA, intelligence use, DARPANET, the post-evolution version of ARPANET. And to be blatantly ignorant of the internet, radio, uh, computer chips as military technologies, military use, is to be blatantly ignorant that Tang and Velcro were invented by NASA and that SHA-256, which is the core of Bitcoin, the elliptic curve digital signature algorithm are all um, encryption schemes made by the National Security Agency, the NSA, and the constants in SHA-256 are pushed publicly by NIST, National Institute of Standards Technology. Um, government agencies, military agencies run the internet, built the internet, and maintain the internet. The cyber military, which we now call Space Force for cyberspace and outer space, was created to protect our internet networks via outer space satellites. And, um, you know, it's advocated that it's like a spaceship outer space astronaut program, but more hackers were hired by Space Force to be soldiers than astronauts. So if you are ignorant of cyberspace being a hellhole full of foxholes, mortar rounds, and guns, then you're walking around in a place that you will be vulnerable in. And it's people like me and people like John McAfee and 
unfortunately, people who have been attacked like Assange and Aaron Schwartz and Edward Snowden and a plethora of hackers. Um, if you don't know who Marcus Hutchins is, who actually prevented one of the largest cyber attacks in human history from continuing the WannaCry virus ransomware attack. Um, these are people who, whether they do work for, call it advocacy, or consulting for money, or curiosity, because most of us who do this kind of work are just computer nerds, scientists, and love technology. There are many reasons why people work in that space. It's not like applying for the CIA or joining the army. Um, it's, it's something you're just interested in. But inadvertently, all of the people who work in technology, from Bitcoin to encryption to operational security to what WikiLeaks does with Dropbox of information to what Reddit did to what Bitcoin does, all of these things end up being pulled into the black hole of the military industrial complex. Eventually, things that we think are, you know, curiosity bound and, and science bound and discovery bound, the military will touch it. And it's very important to understand that when someone dies who is highly aware of the operational environment, as it's called in military doctrine, someone like John McAfee was not ignorant. Someone like John McAfee almost got clearance, top secret clearance, national security advisement if he was a candidate that was the biggest third-party candidate behind Democrat and Republican parties. He was very close to running the country in regards to that third party is the only party to ever get that close. So the man was not ignorant, and the man was not fearful. But the man is dead now, as of today. And it's important to know why people who are that important and effective in the world get put in prison or die. And some of the work that I've done that I'm not ever allowed to talk about and my case that put me in prison that I'm really unable because of a plea deal to talk about much. The people who've been attacked by the government are not afraid, but they're bound in chains, either literally or legally. And you don't have to be someone on the radio all day like Joe Rogan or Alex Jones or some of these people on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox to talk about what has happened and why it has happened, but if you are a user of a phone, of a computer, of the internet, you are inadvertently standing in a battlefield, whether you like it or not. And just like during the Revolutionary War, the 13 colonies, people had to choose to fight for the British or this new 
tiny, useless, weak government called the United States. You had to choose who you were going to fight with. You could not be neutral during that time. You could act neutral. You could pretend to be neutral. You could be ignorant and just blind to what is happening around you. But when the Redcoats were walking in your front yard and your fellow man were taking their squirrel rifles out to shoot neighbors who supported the British instead of this new union, the war comes to your backyard whether you like it or not. And the war is coming to all of our backyards, all of our phones, all of our networks, all of our Bitcoin wallets, all of our websites, all of our social media, whether we like it or not. And you can die on the battlefield, you could pick sides, but if you ignore it, it will bite you in the ass. So it's important to understand, like Jack over here, pushing a country to accept Bitcoin, helping create a law to make Bitcoin legal tender, creating great wallets like Strike and Zap. I believe this young man, Jack, Jack Mullers, as he said, I will die on this hill. That should reverberate with so many people in Bitcoin. It should reverberate with all of you so much now that one of the most flagrant, maybe that's not the right word, one of the most blunt Bitcoin advocates is dead. And he's dead because the state killed him, either by confining him or by killing him. The state killed John McAfee. And the state has killed many more people who supported your freedom of speech over wires, your freedom of privacy over wires, your freedom to buy food over wires. These people have fought till death, until imprisonment, and until depression, suicide, and loss of all things human to fight for your rights, just like the founding fathers and the veterans for the last 200 years in this country fought for so many rights, whether they knew what they were doing or not. Shay's Rebellion started this insane country and the Constitution, and it was Lehman Brothers collapsing, which made Satoshi push Bitcoin to the public. There are so many reasons that this technology we use every day is not to be trifled with, it's not to be played with, it's not to be ignored, and it's not to be made minimalized. It's not to be played with, it's not to be manipulated to be easy to understand, it's not to be dumbed down. If you don't know how to shoot a gun, it's not to be dumbed down. If you don't know how to fix a car, it's not to be dumbed down. And if you don't know how Bitcoin works, it's not to be dumbed down. It is important that you understand the significance of the technology we're using today because it is not here for fun, eating food and being able to buy your food and pay your bills and be sheltered is why Bitcoin exists. But that is a battle and, and it will be used in war. It has been. It is and it will be used in war. So I think it's very important that we look to the people who 
who are willing to put their lives on the line for this war and we don't minimize them. Um, I know there's a lot of people that did not like John McAfee and there are plenty of things he said and did that pissed me off and made me not want to see that man as my president. But I gave him money. I gave him Bitcoin. I shook his hand. I met him and his wife and his vice presidential candidate and I gave him full support to be president because he was going to protect Bitcoin with that position. And we have not had a president or a presidential candidate other than him get that far to do that. And he is now dead. A presidential candidate was killed. A supporter of Bitcoin was killed. And we need to understand why, the significance of that, what is going to happen because of that, what are the repercussions because of that. Because it's so important to understand how to survive in the world. Bitcoin is a tool I use and many of you use to survive. We can't let that tool be taken from us. Our survival will be taken from us. When you're put in prison, you lose your phone. You lose your Bitcoin access. You lose your internet access. You lose the tools you need to survive. And um, it just saddens me greatly. Um, I give all my condolences to John's wife and family and friends. And I'm very sad to see a fellow Bitcoin brother fallen on the battlefield. Um, I pray that no more people fall on the Bitcoin battlefield. But I'm not ignorant, and you shouldn't be. Many of us will fall on the Bitcoin battlefield to get it to where we want it to be, to protect it and to make it strong, and to make the world understand what true freedom is. So... I just hope everyone understands the significance of what happened today and how important it is to remember John McAfee and what he contributed to Bitcoin, to the United States, to the internet, to technology, and to anti-authoritarianism. To tell the man to shut the fuck up, to tell people when they're wrong, to make your money, to live free and be happy is what I believe John stood for. And I think that's the way he should be remembered.